Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 632. I want to start out by saying thank you to our friends from Birds and Beans, makers of that delicious and bird-friendly shade-grown coffee, and to the Trust for Governor's Island for making it possible for us to visit and broadcast from Governor's Island in New York Harbor on last week's show with our guest, New York City Audubon Executive Director, Catherine Heinz. Special thanks to Annie Barry, who provided us with a marvelous bird walk and tour of Governor's Island. And what an amazing place it is, a whole other world just 800 yards south of lower Manhattan. Check out last week's show at TalkingBirds.com slash archive. We're a few days early, but don't want to miss marking the 200th birthday of the great naturalist and philosopher Henry David Thoreau, born on the 12th of July, 1817, in Concord, Massachusetts. Among many other things, he was a lover of nature and a proponent of preserving our planet, and he summed up a philosophy of conservation with the famous question, what is the use of a house if you haven't got a tolerable planet? to put it on. Henry David Thoreau, born 200 years ago this week. (laughs) That's the sound of our mystery bird. This is a preview of our mystery bird contest that we'll conduct a little bit later on in the show, just kind of getting you ready for it. We have a beautiful droll Yankees feeder to give away. Our mystery bird, which inhabits marshes and ponds from Canada to Chile, uses its long toes to walk atop floating vegetation. It's dark, almost black, with a white flank stripe, a triangular red bill and red forehead, and a white stripe on the sides of the tail. Our mystery bird feeds on seeds of grasses and a few snails. So that's our mystery bird, the preview of our mystery bird contest, coming along just a little bit uh, later on uh, in this morning's show. Extra, extra, read all about it. By the way, we're excited to announce we've now passed the 13,000 Facebook followers mark to go with 13,000 plus likes. So thank you, Facebook followers. Meanwhile, some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page uh, this week. A beautiful bird could mean big trouble for some native species. It's the pin-tailed widda. And we'll connect you to the story about it from smithsonian.com. In a recent installment of his newspaper column, Ask the Bird Folks, our Mike O'Connor asks or writes about juncos and one of their food choices, pigweed seeds. That's right, pigweed seeds. And guess who's been causing flight delays at JFK Airport? No, not some late lingering snowy owls. It's actually turtles. We'll hook you up to the story from NBC New York. That's some of what we have for you on our Facebook page right now. You can also find those stories through an online search if you're not a Facebook follower. We'd like to say welcome to our newest Talking Birds ambassador, Suzanne Hughes in Falls Church, Virginia. Suzanne sent us some kind comments and she added this. 
because I heard what a barred owl sounds like on your program. There he is now. I was able to identify one in my own woods, and I learned so much last week from Mike about house finches. Well, thanks again, Suzanne, and we all learn something from Mike here every week, but don't tell him that. Talking Birds listeners, please join Suzanne in our Talking Birds Ambassadors program. Hand out some of our info cards to your friends and associates to spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. It's easy to do and easy to sign up for. Just click the contact button at TalkingBirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. Now kind of a triple A report in our Charlotte's Weblog segment this week with birding news from Alberta, Arizona, and Audubon of Maine with our Charlotte Wasselick. Alberta bound, Alberta bound. It's good to be Alberta bound. Good morning, Charlotte. Good morning, Ray. It's the heat of the summer here in Alberta, and the barn swallows, western meadowlarks, and horn grebes are all busy feeding their young. I saw a large flock of American white pelicans the other day, and the American goldfinches are constant visitors at our feeders. Maine Audubon is hosting a sunset puffin cruise on Saturday, July 15th. This cruise sails out of New Harbor to Eastern Egg Rock, where it will circle the island several times for great views of puffins, terns, and other seabirds. The boat returns to the harbor at sunset to combine birding with a lovely summer evening on the main coast. The cost is $35 for members and $50 for non-members. Visit the Maine Audubon Facebook page for more information. The Sedona Hummingbird Festival in Arizona is coming up on July 28th to the 30th. Events during the festival include bird banding demonstrations, presentations from various hummingbird experts, birds and blooms, hummingbird garden tours, many guided trips, plus the opportunity to see up to seven species of hummingbirds. Find more information at hummingbirdsociety.org slash hummingbird hyphen festival. That's all for this week, Ray. Keep cool, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Charlotte. We're keeping cool here on the 9th of July, coming to you live from 9.30 to 10 Eastern Time here on Talking Birds. You can hear our show online, too, live. Just go to TalkingBirds.com to see how to do it. Here's our conservation salute of the week. It goes to the city of Chicago. That toddling town. That's right, that toddling town that Billy Sunday couldn't shut down, and now it's the town that the new administration in Washington can't shut down, at least in terms of the posting of some pretty important information. The administration recently decided to remove from the Environmental Protection Agency's website information about climate change that the agency had been accumulating and posting for many years. So Chicago said, okay, if you won't post it, we will. And they're not the only ones. To date, 14 other cities around the country, including our hometown of Boston, have followed suit and are making this important data available again to the public. So Talking Birds Conservation salute to the leader's of Chicago and all the other cities joining their efforts on behalf of planet Earth and its inhabitants. It's all about that tolerable planet thing that Mr. Thoreau spoke about. Still to come on our show today, we'll welcome the director of the Massachusetts Important Bird Areas Program, Wayne Peterson, and Mass Audubon Berkshire's Sanctuary Director, Becky Cushing, who'll tell us about a four-day festival combining birding and music at a magical place called Tanglewood. Also this morning, in addition to our famous mystery bird contest, we'll catch up with our man Mike O'Connor from the also-famous Birdwatchers General Store on Cape Cod 
in our Let's Ask Mike segment. And up next, a daring diver named Morris is today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. The interview. Your name, please? Morris. Last name? Bassinus. Occupation? I'm a high diver. You have a pretty impressive resume here, Mr. Bassinus. It says you can dive from 130 feet right into the ocean. How do you avoid injury? Well, I have air sacs on my face and chest to absorb the impact. And I also have no external nostrils, so I don't, you know, get water up my nose. In fact, I don't really have a nose. That's amazing, Morris. I'm surprised I haven't heard of you. Do you go by any other name? Well, yeah. They call me the Northern Gannet. Ah, the Northern Gannet. Scientific name, Morris Bassinus. It's a champion diver and the largest seabird in the North Atlantic, with a wing spread of almost six feet. And it not only dives from great heights into the ocean, it can then descend to depths of up to 72 feet in pursuit of fish, capturing them as it heads back up toward the surface. Look for big, white, streamlined birds with black wingtips, sending plumes of spray into the air as they fold their wings and hit the water like submarine-seeking missiles. Here's what they sound like in their breeding colonies on rocky island cliffs off the coast of Canada. The Northern Gannet. Morris Bassinus. Today's Talking Birds featured Feathered Friend. Thanks again for being with us here on our show number 632. We'd like to invite you once again to visit our website. That's TalkingBirds.com. You can subscribe to our newsletter there, and you can connect to our Facebook page and uh, Twitter at Talking Birds. Well, something pretty amazing will be taking place on the last weekend in July, beginning actually on that Thursday, that will draw birders and music lovers from far and wide to a place in the Berkshire Hills of western Massachusetts called Tanglewood, which is the summer home of one of America's great orchestras, the Boston Symphony. It's also the home of three music schools, plus a festival of contemporary music and frequent appearances by big names like James Taylor, John Williams, and America's orchestra, the Boston Pops. And it will soon host a four-day-long series of events called Tanglewood Takes Flight in collaboration with the Massachusetts Audubon Society, better known as Mass Audubon. And here to tell us about it are Becky Cushing, director of Mass Audubon's Berkshire Wildlife Sanctuaries, and Wayne Peterson, director of Mass Audubon's Important Bird Areas Program. Wayne will be delivering a couple of talks at the event as well as leading some bird walks in the area. Good morning, Becky and Wayne. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Ray. Glad we were able to both uh, connect both of you with phone. Becky, give us a little overview, if you would, of Tanglewood Takes Flight. This is an amazing thing. Tell us how it uh, came to be. Sure. Um, well, it was probably about a year ago, uh, maybe a little less, that uh, Ellen Heisting, the director of the Tanglewood Music Center, and Tony Fogg, artistic director for BSO stopped by our Pleasant Valley Wildlife Sanctuary in Lenox um, with this idea that integrated music and nature by bringing music to the wildlife sanctuary. And so be, being in the Berkshires, we knew, know that uh, 
our in nature come together in many forms. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like a natural fit. And um, from there, the idea blossomed into not just one, but three early morning bird concerts that will actually be performed at Pleasant Valley in our barn with windows and doors open so that the music will um, spill out into the outdoors where people will be able to enjoy it on blankets and um, in the early morning air. So the, the whole series that we're calling Tanglewood Takes Flight includes early morning bird walks and concerts at Pleasant Valley as well as lectures and concerts uh, happening at Tanglewood. So the music people are really accommodating the birders here with this early morning concert. It's one at one of them at seven o'clock in the morning. That all three early morning concerts will start <laughs> at seven a.m. And I I just want to mention that um, in other places around the world, uh, these concerts have started as early as four thirty. Um, so. So we're accommodating the musicians by pushing it a little later. <laughs> Sleeping in, as they say. Right. Wow. So music lovers exposed to birding, birders exposed to great music. What do you think it'll be like at your walks and presentations? Because you'll be reaching kind of a whole new audience, right? Sure. Well, um, what we love at, at the Wildlife Center is all sort of learning from each other. And so one thing that birders and musicians have in common is they both like to listen and need to listen. Um, and we know that both birdsong and music can evoke emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hoping that the bird song and music will interact. Uh, there's a catbird, a gray catbird, a type of bird species that hangs out behind the barn. And I have a feeling that if it sticks around until late July, we may have some interactions going on with the piano playing inside the <laughs> barn and the, the birds uh, making sound just outside the barn. Wow. Well, more than half of the visitors to Tanglewood come from outside of Massachusetts, probably from all the New England states, New York, Pennsylvania, probably New Jersey, uh, many other places. So you'll be able to introduce uh, a lot of folks to become new Mass Audubon fans. Sure, and that's that's a big part of why we want to do this because we feel like when people get out there and really start listening and observing in new ways, they get hooked. And going on those bird walks, if you go on a bird walk with Wayne Peterson, chances are you will get hooked because you'll see things that uh, you never thought you would see and learn uh, so much. Wayne, you'll be leading at least a couple of uh, bird walks when you're not on stage teaching people about birds. One of your presentations will be music and the language of birds, and the other is called Birds at Dusk. What can you tell us, uh, Wayne, about those talks? Well, I think the, the first one um, will basically be picking up on what, what uh, Peggy suggested in terms of the, um, the relationship between song and people and birds and music and so forth and so on. In other words... I think the concept of trying to, to give the audience a sense of why birds sing and why they make other vocalizations um, without being anthropomorphic about it, but simply matter of fact, you know, this is something that birds do and it's of considerable significance to them biologically. So I think one of the things that we'll try to do is to make the connection between, you know, the sounds and songs and so forth that birds make and then how people and musicians have sort of been charmed by some of these sounds and then ultimately 
um, set the sounds or the mood that the sounds create to musical scores and musical um, um, productions. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's what we have in mind to do with that one. By the way, classical music fans will know something about French composer Olivier Messiaen's catalog of the birds, an epic three-hour-long work for solo piano in which he interprets the sounds of 13 European birds. That'll be part of one of the concerts, at least in this four-day series of events, along with some bird-themed electronic works by present-day French composer Bernard Faure. Really some incredible stuff going on. So, Becky, this four-day series begins on Thursday, July 27th. How do folks learn more about it and uh, get tickets and such? Sure. Well, there there is a lot going on. So uh, one way to see the overview of the schedule would be to go to our Mass Audubon website where we have a page dedicated to the series, uh, www.massaudubon.org slash Tanglewood, and you'll see um, how to register for each each event, um, the concerts and bird walks taking place at Pleasant Valley, you will register through our Mass Audubon website. And then, of course, concert tickets for Tanglewood-based concerts can be purchased on the Tanglewood website. And I also wanted to mention that throughout the whole Tanglewood season, um, we will actually have a, an art exhibit, an on-the-wing art exhibit, um, which is was put together by our Mass Audubon Museum of American Bird Art. So visitors through the whole season will be able to see that in the Highwood Manor House over at Tanglewood. Well, I think Mass Audubon and Tanglewood have really started something here, and uh, we might expect to see festivals like this uh, popping up uh, wherever any of our listeners are right now. Maybe the Ravinia Festival out in Chicago and lots of other places. So it'll be fascinating to see uh, just what happens. Thank you so much, Becky and Wayne, and uh, good luck helping Tanglewood take flight. Thank you, Ray. Take care. Thank you, Ray, and nice to hear from you, Becky. And we'll exit this segment of this morning's show with a little snippet from Messian's Catalog of the Birds, part of his impression of a species called Chetty's Warbler, a European bird that is believed to have also inspired some of the music of Beethoven. Up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Well, Talking Birds listeners, we're getting ready to go to the Galapagos Islands. We'll be heading there in September, and we're inviting Talking Birds listeners to join us for this trip of a lifetime with one of the best small group touring companies on the planet, Sunrise Birding. More cabins have been added, but this trip will be sold out, so don't hesitate. Travel with us to one of the most amazing places in the world, home to abundant and approachable wildlife, including birds that are found nowhere else on Earth, even Galapagos penguins with whom we'll snorkel. They're the islands where Charles Darwin's research led to the groundbreaking theory of the origin of species. And we'll be there during the season when sunshine is abundant and birds and mammals are most active. Galapagos veterans rave about our tour's itinerary. We'll see places and creatures that other tours don't. I'll be your host for this unforgettable trip, along with expert local guides. Please join us. It's easy to find out more at sunrisebirding.com. That's sunrisebirding.com. By the way, last week we had uh, kind of a rare circumstance in which we did not get a winner on our mystery bird contest on our remote broadcast there down in New York. The mystery bird last week was the sooty tern. 
the sooty turn. Talk of Birds is made possible in part by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, a world leader in the study, appreciation, and conservation of birds. Please check them out at birds.cornell.edu. You're eligible on our Mystery Bird Contest if you have not been a winner on our show in the past six months. Easy to participate by calling us at 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Our prize this morning, the Droll Yankees, double Suet feeder, perfect for suet, obviously, or fruit. It has an easy load front opening design and heavy gauge wire that holds up for years of use. It's a beautiful Droll Yankees feeder, Droll Yankees makers of the world's best bird feeders. 781-837-4900 is the number. Here's the sound of the mystery bird. Our mystery bird, which inhabits marshes and ponds from Canada to Chile uses its long toes to walk atop floating vegetation. It's dark, almost black, with a white flank stripe, a triangular red bill and red forehead, and a white stripe on the sides of the tail. Our mystery bird feeds on seeds of grasses and a few snails. That would be our mystery bird. Tell us what it is or take your guess. No correct answer will determine our winner, as, of course, will a correct answer. The first one we get at 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, Mike O'Connor is going to tell us something uh, a little unusual based on a customer question down at the Birdwatchers General Store on Cape Cod. It's Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. Now, a word from our friends at Birdwatching Magazine. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Whether you enjoy birds in your backyard or far afield, you'll find information in every issue to help you find, track, identify, and understand birds. Regular contributors include Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and other birding experts. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Maria Inez Phillips talks about not recycling. I've got too many newspapers and magazines and catalogs in there with plastic containers and bottles and cans. Your trash can is full of recyclables? No, it's full of trash. You say trash, Maria. I say rubbish. Whatever it is, I'm not going through it. I just don't get it. Some things are very obvious, Maria. Learn the difference between trash and recycling and more. I put out way too much trash to think about recycling. Visit yougottobekidding.org today. Mike O'Connor is down there soaking up the sunshine on beautiful Cape Cod and welcoming lots of summer visitors and locals as well, I'm sure, to the Bird Watchers General Store. Good morning, Mike. Oh, good morning, Ray. I'm just getting out of my Speedo now. I was on the beach all morning. <laughs> you know, people think about bird feeding in the winter and stuff, but you're pretty busy there in the summertime as well. Yeah, it's a good thing for the summer because it's pretty quiet <laughs> here in the winter. So, yeah, actually, okay. summer's our busiest time, and yeah. people got the feeders going on all the time. And, and another thing they have, which is good, is a bird bath. Everybody yeah. puts a bird bath out because it gets dry, and the birds are always right. looking for water. And I always say, every not every bird will come to a bird feeder, but every bird needs to drink. So bird baths are important. Right. Yeah. One of the one of the maybe overlooked things with uh, attracting birds. Yeah, that it is. It's true. Bird baths are important. And in, in, you know, but once you get the bird bath, everything else is cheap. I, I don't sell water. So <laughs> bird water is free. Hey, uh, there's an idea. You might anyway. want to start doing it. Bird water. You can say I that's a... I think the bottled bird water <laughs> from yeah, Avion. So you had a question from a customer about uh, a bird bath, kind of an unusual delivery, shall we say? 
know. I know. I can't believe I'm following Tanglewood and Wade and Peterson with this topic. <laughs> but yes, a uh, customer calling up and he's got uh, he goes out and cleans his bird bath every day, and then he gets the next day it's full of these bird poop, mm. and it's not just regular bird droppings, but these little fecal sacs. They're like yeah. little tiny pillows of bird poop that the babies give off, mm-hmm. uh, so that they don't mess up their nest. They have these little packs that they kind of turn around and the parents take them and fly away and, and drop them a little distance to keep the, the nest clean but mm. some birds particularly grackles uh like to deposit just instead of just dropping them like to deposit them in water yeah. historically they would uh, nest along river edges and then just drop them off in the water and uh, uh the water would carry them away so they wouldn't attract predators to the nesting area but everything's been disrupted since, you know, humans have interrupted everything. So the grackles look for other sources of water, sometimes people's swimming pools, but a lot of times it's bird baths. Mm-hmm. And this guy would come in and he would find these little packets and he'd clean it out. And he didn't know why, why he's being singled out, but apparently there's a grackle or two nesting nearby, so they're dropping them in his bird bath. But people complain that have swimming pools and tennis court people, believe it or not. I think the birds get fooled by the color of the tennis court, not necessarily the black ones, but the ones mm. that are painted blue and green. And so uh, they call up and complain about those. Kind of like the way birds land on ice sometimes or parking lots thinking it's, uh, think it's, it's a lake. Right, yeah, the uh, loons especially, when there's got a little thin mm-hmm. thing of water on uh, parking lots that gets filled. All right, they so get fooled we, by that. So it's not, um, you know, <laughs> it's not your imagination. The birds are really doing it on purpose. But if that happens to you, just clean it out. You should clean your bird bath every day too, anyways. Mm-hmm. So this, these uh, grackles are just encouraging you to do it more often. All right, the little incentive there always helps. Okay. All right, <laughs> Mike. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds groovy. Mike O'Connor down there at the legendary Bird Watchers General Store. Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Meanwhile, we're back here at the Mystery Bird Contest. Our number is 781-837-4900. Adorable Yankees double suet feeder. Also great for uh, providing fruit for your birds is the prize. This is the sound of our mystery bird. Bird that inhabits marshes and ponds from Canada to Chile using its long toes to walk atop floating vegetation. Our bird feeds on seeds of grasses. And a few snails. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. A little description of the bird. It's dark, almost black, with a white flank stripe, a triangular red bill and red forehead, and a white stripe on the sides of the tail. What is it? Tell us or take a guess. It's 781-837-4900. We have Norm in Orville, Ohio, on the line. Good morning, Norm. Good morning. Great to hear from you from Orville, Ohio, which is exactly where, Norm? Oh, it's about uh, 60 miles south of Cleveland. Uh, it's home of Smucker Joey. Oh, the famous Smuckers were with a name like uh, Smuckers. It has to be good. Is that still true? I believe so. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, Norm, you heard the mystery bird uh, clues and whatnot. What do, you th- what do you think? Well, I'm guessing it's the common gallinule. I think that's more than a guess there. That is kind of a definitive answer, but it's uh, modest of you to call it a guess, Norm. Common gallinule is absolutely right. And you're up to speed with the uh, the nomenclature as well, right? Yeah, Cause this I think so. Yeah, because it used to be called the common uh, moorhen, right? And now it's uh, it's kind of they've uh, danced around the species connections and... Uh, did a little separation with a European bird, I think, and now it's uh, so now it's called the common gallinule. But you knew that. 
Yep, I did. Um, I've gotten to see them, and I've learned the new name. All right. Well, very good. Uh, Norm, thank you so much for calling, and if you'll stay on the line, we will send you uh, that droll Yankees feeder. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. That's Norm in Orville, Ohio, correctly identifying the common gallinule, formerly known as the common moorhen. It's kind of interesting because this bird has these long toes. Uh, it doesn't have any lobes or webbing, but it can still swim pretty well. And, of course, it it can walk along on top of those uh, lily pads and stuff because of those uh, long toes. We have, oh my goodness, run out of time for our show this morning. Just a quick reminder, we want to invite you to sign up for our Talking Birds newsletter. We're going to be announcing next week a whole bunch of winners of big bags of birds and beans, bird-friendly, shade-grown coffee for a chance to win. All you have to do is subscribe to our newsletter. We send it out electronically every couple of weeks. It's free, and of course you can unsubscribe anytime you like if you want to do that. But do subscribe to our newsletter. Have a chance to win that coffee and get some interesting bird news and pictures and stuff, and you can just do it at our website, TalkingBirds.com. Executive producer Mark Duffield, our associate producer Debbie Bleacher, our engineer Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. We'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com by Celestron, offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com by Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. BirdsAndBeans.com and by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com <laughs>